When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Voice Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Z. On the Voice Hacks Podcast, I'll be talking to some of rock and metal's best singers, coaches, and experts about what goes into the mysterious and amazing sounds we make with our voices. If you like this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing it with your friends. Post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram and tag me and my guests. I'm at Metal Mary Z on Instagram. Don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow me on YouTube at Voice Hacks by Mary Z. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Voice Hacks podcast. I'm super stoked for this week's guest is Mike Terry from the band Volumes. How you doing, Mike? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? Thank you. I'm great. It's great to have you. I'm really interested to talk to you because I haven't spoken to anybody who's been in a band with two vocalists yet. And I have so many questions about that. But I wanted to first just kind of ask you a little bit just about you individually. And I noticed that in the band, you do clean and harsh vocals. And harsh vocals is one of the main topics we talk about on this podcast. I was... Wondering, what's your vocal background before volumes? What was your vocal life like? Have you had any training? Are you just very natural at learning all your vocal skills? I know I had before volumes, I took vocal lessons. I had a vocal coach for like three years and it was pretty rigorous. Uh, we met like four times a week for like an hour or two a day or each, wow. each session. So yeah, yeah, that was, it was hell. It was really brutal. I didn't really know how tired you could actually be from using your voice and she really put me through the ringer. It was crazy. That's really intense training to do multiple lessons in a week like that. That's super intense. Yeah. So was that just on clean vocals or was that on clean and harsh vocals that you were studying? It was a little bit of both, mostly cleans and like transitioning between notes and just how to be smooth and project. And you know, with screaming, it's basically the same kind of the same process. You just use air differently. So uh, once I was able to like try and start to get better at those skills, it, it kind of just bled over into my screaming. Yeah, I do find that they have a lot of the same principles, especially as far as breathing. Do you play any other instruments or is voice your main thing? I play guitar. I don't say that I'm a guitar player. Please, no one come to me. I, but I can get around on it, the drums and stuff like that. But, you know, I I, I, went to, I was in school bands, so uh, I was played the drums in school bands. So I have like a general knowledge, but I would never say that I am a, you know, like a a drummer or a guitar player or something like that. I think I, th I say that too. Like I have like functional piano skills, like, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I can figure it out. I can get around on it, but I've by no means am skilled. Yeah. I think it helps though. Like I'm kind of envious of people who even have like a little bit of guitar skills. Cause there's so many songs that are just like three chords that if I were, weren't being lazy and I just bothered to learn the guitar, I could just cover or write. Do you ever use a guitar to write music? 
Oh yeah, for sure. Just in, in other stuff, even not in volumes or just music. I just like to write music. So yeah, I like to use mostly, I don't say what to like write lyrics because I think that just comes after hearing the music already. So I think that I, can, I don't really focus on the, the guitar that much. It's summer. It's festival season. What's festival and touring routine like for you as a vocalist do you do anything special do you do a series of warm-ups do you have anything you do to prep before you go on tour um yeah i definitely do uh, it depends on how long our set is i like to uh i start with like getting um like my endurance up so i run a lot what i'll do is i'll take the set list that we play and uh, i'll run to that so if it's like a 30 minute set i run to get the endurance up so i can make it through a 30 minute set an hour, you know, stuff like that. When we're on tour, I don't really have to do too much. Um, I just, if there's like problem areas or like work areas that I'm concerned about nailing, I will focus on those like before we play. Listen to them a bunch or just, you know, work on them, like hum them to myself and just get in the headspace of, you know, having to get around those hurdles. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think that's how I get usually get prepped up. Just remember my transitions and like being smooth and that's and then keeping the endurance up because that's the most difficult part is trying to deliver a solid performance and keep up the energy at the same time. Does it help to keep up that intensity because you have more than one vocalist or you feel like it's still just the same, like even though you're splitting the duties, sort of? It's still pretty brutal. I'm not gonna lie. Uh <laughs> Especially with the way that we are, we structure our our songs, it's, it's like if it was one continuous voice, but obviously it's not. It's two people, so it's like you do get a little bit of rest, but it's not very much at all. You you really just it's like it's it's like running a I'm running a sprint for thirty minutes. I would imagine you can't just stand there. You have to like be doing something no. when the other. So you're still got to move and be engaging and and give stage presence even when it's not your turn to sing. I would imagine you know? right. Exactly. There are very few times, like there are a couple of songs where it starts off, where it's just, it's really slow at the beginning or, and Michael will take it. So those are like my areas where that's my time to take a rest and be like, try to pull it together. Fuck, you know, and just get back to uh fighting condition, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of bands who do longer sets, like more than one person will do the vocals, but it's usually like, it's usually like one of the instrumentalists or something like that. So I think how you guys have it set up is pretty cool and unique. You have a lot of opportunity to add textures from both of you. I was going to ask you about the writing process. I mean, how do you guys decide who is going to do what each time you write a song together? Well, usually this, once the song is written, it just happens. I don't really even know how to explain it. Sometimes it'll be like Michael will have like a verse or, or like he'll have a verse in a chorus, like he has an idea. And then he'll be like, all right, but this chorus, I want you to sing this because blah, 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 whatever. And then same vice versa. So like, I feel very fortunate because we work so well together. It's like, it does, it's not like, a, it's, it's so effortless. And like, I've been in bands where I was just a singer. And uh, this is the first time I've been in a band with another, with another singer, like another lead singer. So it's, it was, I, I at first I thought it would be scary or be hard to, to work with, but I was super surprised at how well we jive together, especially when Michael came back into the band. Yeah. Every time I look at your guys' songs, it seems, Fairly effortless, it it because everything fits really well. I mean, nothing's really effortless, but if things just flow, then that's the people you're supposed to be working with. If there's like all this big conflict, it's gonna reflect in the you know the work that you put out and the show. Yeah, for sure. As far as 
volumes goes, when you're listening on stage, you guys obviously probably have like a good in-ear rig and things like that set up. How do you prefer to hear yourself when you're performing live? I like to hear mostly kick, snare, and a little bit of guitar. And then I like to feel bass on stage. For vocals, I like to hear Michael on my left side and me on my right side. And then if I take my in-ears out so, so I can hear the room or if I can feel more of the stage. But as far as like the vocal level, I think that my levels, I don't really like to hear too much of myself because I can already hear it in the in-ear because in, in, from the vibration of my head already. So yeah, I try to keep it just uh, with like whatever like reverb or room area. I like to keep that on there so, I can, so it doesn't feel like I'm like trapped in a box, I guess. Yeah. I think that's important. If you hear a little bit of a, a of a reverb or a delay, I always feel like it's like you get to hear your voice coming back at you for like one second. Right. Yeah. You know, you kind of hear your tone from outside of your head. So, is it, are you running floor monitors at the same time? You put like bass. You said you like to feel the bass. Are you are you putting like um, bass in the floor monitor in addition to your in ears? It depends if if we get front monitors. Sometimes we don't get them but we'll get side fills. So I'll put them in the side fills or Rod usually has base, his base cabs on stage with him too. So that's another thing that's really helpful is having that, that low end on, on stage with you. It just makes you feel more grounded. He's not running direct or anything. Pretty sure he does both. He has a cab and he runs direct. I know that some depends on some shows when we don't get cabs or we don't have a space or, you know, we, he can just run direct and then other times he can run with uh with the cab as well. You have a really smooth, uh, clean, ethereal type of voice. And it's actually kind of like both of you, Mike, Michael and you have like higher voices that I feel like sit in the same pitch register. Do you ever have to change the key for anything live? Are you guys pretty, do you just kind of write where your vocals sit? Do you feel like your ranges match each other or there's any like pitch adjustments you ever have to do or anything like that? I think it's since we're so similarly voiced, uh, it's pretty easy for, and we just, we write to cater to that, we, like to not stress ourselves or to like just do too much. I don't think we, we're not the kind of band that we want to do something that we record something we couldn't pull off live so there are older songs that when i wasn't in the band that we can't play that are way pitched way higher so that we don't play those songs you know so because i feel like we have like a a pretty good focus on where where we want to go and how we want to sound as a band so that all plays into you know knowing everyone's strengths knowing everybody where, where everyone can contribute and then taking those elements and putting them together into song. I was curious as to what the influences were and the inspiration behind your most recent single. It's not heavy, you know, it's very pretty. It's vocal oriented. Like to me, it just shines on the vocals. I'm like, so many people are going to do acoustic covers of this, piano covers of this, totally not heavy at all. Where did that come from? And how did that come about for you guys? Well, I think that the song kind of started off in that, like that, with just the basic structure with the piano or whatever. And obviously, we're, we're going to make it into a heavy song, but when we're writing it and writing the music, we're like, man, this sounds cool. And then we're like, man, we should, once it's like, you know, put all the riffs and made it into what it is, it was always a conversation of, man, this would be cool if we stripped it down and made it, you know, real relaxed and beautiful. And, uh, you know, it just, it's fun for us to do. I think we both love singing like that. And, uh, you know, it's it's a very like calm place to be in. It's a very like I like I love that being able to 
being really heavy and then being able to pull off something that's super smooth like that is I love it. It's gorgeous. The stripped version of Ben is super beautiful. Um, I really love it because that's the one that just came out. And so it's just yeah. It's- or, uh, like just your voices, both of you have just really ethereal. You could do a lot of other types of music, not just metal. I think that's what makes your band stand out. Is like, I can't, I can't really put a subgenre on it. You know, I, yeah. I a little bit of a of a lot of things. I can tell you have a lot of influences outside uh, in different genres. You know, certainly. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is. We all come from different musical backgrounds. We all like grew up listening to a lot of the same bands, but also a lot of the different, a lot of different groups and acts and stuff. So those kind of having those influences really like every it, being able to allow everyone in the band to bring those influences into the pot and having them show up. I think it makes like a good a good mix. Yeah, and it and it makes you stand out. It's really hard nowadays. There's so many bands. I mean, it's really saturated. Yeah. And I think if you're just doing something that some basically that someone else is already doing, like it's hard to stand out. You know, you guys really stand out with things like one of my favorite songs that is the one you did with Puya. I had like a weird Puya suicide voice phase for a few years and Oh yeah. I love On Her Mind. It's totally different, you know. I absolutely love it. how did you guys end up collaborating with him? Oh man, that was uh that was our the previous uh singer. He and uh the previous guitar player, they were all, all friends with Puya and worked with each other on other various projects. And uh he was just like, you know, he was a fan of what we were doing and we we obviously love him and he was just like, yo, we should do a song together. And it came together and it came together so fast. It was like it was kind of a whirlwind, and uh, I think it was our most experimental beat at the song at the time. So I, I was just stoked that it, we were able to pull it off because it can. It's very. Uh, you can either do it really well or do it really bad. So yeah, mix rap, rap and metal. So uh, it was cool. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. The whole experience was tight. I had never worked with anyone like that before, an artist on that level, and definitely not a rapper. So it was a cool experience to see how he wrote. And it was crazy. Like he did his verse and like, <sighs> uh, man, it was so fast. And like, <laughs> it was insane. I was like, how did you come up with that, man? And just, just spit it up and that was it. Rappers have a whole different skill set that I really admire. I mean, they say that really good rappers have vocabulary that is like three times the average person, you know? Um, and the the speed with which they can pull it from you know, memory is just, it's unbelievable. And it's not really what we do in rock and metal, you know, so it's a- You get a notebook, you get a you get your little area to write it down. You get some time to think about it. You don't really have to freestyle that much in, in, in rock and metal and stuff like that. So yeah, people who can freestyle and do that kind of thing, like on a whim like that, is, it, it blows my mind. Me too. It blows my mind. I follow this guy, this rapper uh, named Blind Fury. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. It's like a blind guy. And he's literally the most bo- mind-blowing freestyler I've ever heard in my life. So right, I'm going to have to check him out. Oh, God. He's so unbelievable. And um, he, he's good at other instruments, too. But I think I just follow him because it's a skill that just as a rock and metal person, like I'm probably never going to have to just like pull those kind of lyrics just completely out of nowhere. So right, I think it helps. Yeah. I think it helps us. There's no melody in rap, too. I think for us, like if we're singing, you can't always come out of nowhere. Maybe with harsh vocals, but like, yeah, got to know the melody, you know. So true. Yeah, that's true. I think you're right about that. It's way 
way more goes involved in, into it than just the monotone cadence, you know? Yeah, I think when you don't know have a preset melody or you're not sure of a melody, mm-hmm. that's when you start singing like what some people would say, like bad, because it's going to be like out of tune because you're not sure where to where it's where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So I also wanted to talk about so like the opening of Get Enough, you've got these sick, harsh vocals that come in. How do you feel when you're performing those? You feel relaxed? Do they feel strenuous? Uh, is there anything different for you about do like starting out with harsh vocals like that in a song where you're just like, Oh God, here we go. You know, I, uh, how does that feel to you? By that point, and especially in the set, we make the set with our voices in mind. So we're not going to put the hardest songs first. You know, we're not going to be doing like edge of the earth first, where it's like, you've got to really jack do the, the high singing immediately. You want to warm it up, you know, you want to ease into it. So that way, by the time you do get to it, you can just cruise, you know? Yeah. So we take that into consideration. So that, honestly, the, the, the screaming is way easier to do. So it's easy to just get that out of the way and just let the, them just do the smooth singing and let that happen. Let it, let that go. I want to go back to something you said earlier where you said you love writing music. So do you write in similar genres? Do you ever work on projects, you know, in other genres and other styles of music? Do you practice or sing other styles of music outside of the sort of rock and metal? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I listen to everything. Before I was in volumes, I had a solo project that I was working on. So I put an EP out and uh did a whole bunch and that was just completely different than what volumes is it was way more soulful i wouldn't say r&b but more pop i was doing that so writing in that in in that kind of style it's a little different than writing for like volume stuff so yeah that's kind of what i was just doing before that Mm -hmm. that's awesome as far as collabs go is there anybody else you guys would like to collab with in the future? Or was the Puya thing sort of like a one-off, just really unique, weird thing? Or even yourself just individually outside of that? Is there anybody that would be like a dream collab? Yeah, I would love to work with Chino for the Daft Tone. That would be so sick. Total dream collab. Yeah, he's like a hero of mine. We, all, we, we, we talk about it in the band. It would be so sick to work with. Just to work with the Daft Tones in general would be fucking awesome. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're always down to work with someone i mean like we did a song with uh on an ep with franz from attila oh sick so you know if if it if it fits then you know we're down to collaborate with anyone so that's cool i'm always open to open to that idea i get a lot of weird answers to that question some people are are like straight up like no like (laughs) nah i'm good we don't need anyone no we're not (laughs) we're not like that at all it's more fun when you can work with your friends or people that you admire that when, and then you get to put your art with their art and like make something that's timeless, but you know, it's, it's cool. It's so cool. Who did you guys, you have a new single coming up. You've been releasing singles recently. Who did you guys record this latest material with? Who's the producer? Rod did a lot of the recording, but Max Shad and Daniel Bronstein are the two driving forces with that make volumes is what it is yeah those dudes are really really awesome yeah they're amazing they have a lot of credits to their name and yeah they're killing it man i just yeah. just being able to work be in a room with those guys it's awesome just they, the way that they work how 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 they flow like it challenges you to be better like uh you know going into the like vocal sessions with max we're 
he's he he's a pusher. He can he he likes to get it out of you. So uh, it's 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 fun. It's quite the experience. Like rising to the challenge. Some people do not like being under the microscope in the studio like that. But it sounds like for you, it's been like a push yourself to what you can get, like rise to the challenge kind of scenario. Yeah, I like it. It's always something difficult because they're like. If they see it in you, when I go think, when I go into the studio, I think, <clears throat> you know, I don't even know if I can get, get this note. I don't think this is going to happen. But he's like, just try it, you know, just, you know. And then they just push, 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 push. The next thing you know, you get, you've gotten your head around it. And then you're you're on it and you're crushing it and you moved on to the next part. And then you're like, damn, I didn't even know I could pull that off. And then, and then that's something that you knew you can work on to master, to get to. So you know, if you can pull it off once, you can... You can work on it and, and continuously pull it off. I, that's how I feel, anyways. Yeah, because it's in you, right? Yeah, yeah. You got it out. You got it out. You got it out once, so you got to figure out how to get it out again. I always feel like that's how it is. Like I feel like I don't actually know a song until I'm completely done recording it in the studio, and then I have to relearn it for the show because you're gonna yeah. change things, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you get, and then like you may have you find a different approach or like a different run you want to do or something that sounds cooler you know and then you can explore that when you're playing but what's your take on um i'm i'm kind of asking a lot of the people that i'm talking to on the podcast what their take on is sort of the current music industry because there's a lot of been a lot of posts of like you know uh a lot of old school guys sort of being disappointed with this like tiktok content like almost uh, for lack of a better term like soulless like some people feel like it's like losing meaning, you know, but I feel like you guys are very robust songwriters that have a lot of emotion and meaning. So how do you feel like you fit and how do you feel about the just being in this space of this really weird digital music industry? I feel like, you know, it's it's weird for us because I feel like it affects us too much because we've been doing it for so long and the people who want to there's still there's something for everyone so there's a, a group of people who only want to listen to tiktok music and then there's people who really only want to listen to which no you don't want to say real music but you know bands and 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 songs and songs that have emotion like then they're, they're not just sold on the 15 seconds or 30 seconds of noise that you get to hear so i don't know i think that for us we just keep on trucking, man. People want to hear it. And the people who do, they get on and they get on board and they love it. And the people who don't, they don't have to listen to it. It's really all it comes down to. I mean, it's all, almost all you can do anymore. Everybody's always trying to like hack the algorithm. Yeah, it's just like, man, what's going to happen is going to happen. Like arguing about it and how it's not fair or whatever. And how these people are millionaires off whatever the, the apps or whatever or TikTok or whatnot. It's just... What is that going to do? It's not going to change anything for you. You still got to get up and do your thing. So we just try to just keep your head down and just write good music. And I feel like good music stands the test of time. So, you know, I feel like this, will this last? Will, you know, does this have a lasting, does that, that era, does this era have a, a lasting effect? Who knows? I don't, I don't, I don't think so, but we'll see. But I think that I know for a fact that us, the songs that we write, I wouldn't, they're gonna last. Yeah, really, they are. Because also, too, um, the music you guys write is not really tied. Sometimes there's like songs where I'm like, oh, they shouldn't have said 
the word tweets or something, you know, like something that yeah, ties them yeah. to that time. Like if you listen to a nineties song and they're talking about their pager, you know, like Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you are now tied to that decade forever, you know? Yeah, man. We try to stay neutral and not uh we have had some songs that are just like, uh, that aged very poorly. But so yeah, we try to just keep it loose. Keep it so everyone can get on board. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so coming up in uh, for the rest of summer here, do you guys have any festivals planned? Are you gonna be hitting some of these festivals? Yeah, yeah, we're doing um, we're doing incarceration, and we're doing another one. I forget which it's this the same kind of thing, but I think it's a, it's in Wisconsin. So we'll do that. That's in two weeks, actually. Uh, Rockfest. Rockfest. Okay, yeah. We're doing Rockfest. That's right, Rockfest. Sorry. Uh, Rockfest and incarceration. No, I'm originally from Wisconsin. That's the only reason I know that. (laughs) Ah, okay, cool. (laughs) You're a veteran. Veteran of the fest. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we're doing that. And then we go overseas for a few weeks and we have a bunch of shows over there. So uh, we're not really doing very many festivals this year, just, but we are, we will be on the road. So when you get to Europe, you're just going to be doing more of the traditional tour. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing Australia. We're doing Australian headliner and that's going to go into Southeast Asia. And then we go from there, we go to support Dance Gavin Dance and Caskets and Idola in Europe in September. Oh my God. That is going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be quite the ride. Yeah. 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 At least it's not like summer in Australia. It's winter. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what everyone's saying. So I'm very curious to see what that feels like. Cause I can't imagine it being cold down there. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to play festivals in the heat. You know, you've got to do a lot, man. Yes. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. Especially when the sun is just cooking you at like three in the afternoon and you know, like there's nowhere to go. The sun's beaming down. You, the stage is way hotter because everything is metal. So the heat's just coming off of you. Then the crowd's heat is coming off. You can smell everyone's breath. It's awesome. Nothing like it. Love it. <laughs> do you do you have anything you do like in that scenario? Because that's w- a little bit more intense than like a regular club show. Like, what can you do to like manage your energy? You just like mentally just power through it. Yeah, just you just yeah, just know how bad it sucks. I mean, I like it. I like how bad it, it makes it makes me react more into in the stage presence because it's just so so ridiculously brutal it just makes you feel horrible so i don't know it just that makes me kind of takes me to a place where i just go even crazier <laughs> i love it and then once it's done it's done you know it's just like just that little bit of the day that you got to deal with and then after that you can go die if you if, you, if you're not feeling good so <laughs> what's a typical festival set length for you guys 30 35 minutes so it's not even bad man it's like yeah it's like eight bangers and just boom 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 knock it out see you later done and done that's what I'm always saying about metal bands. Like original music bands don't have to play that long per, you know, yeah. per day, you know. And so, like, if you can just mentally get into that space and, like you said, make it through that 35 minutes and lose yourself in that moment, like, you're going to be fine. It's not like a. I had a Cirque du Soleil singer on the podcast. Whoa, that's crazy. It made what we do <laughs> look like a cake. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. They're talking about hours and multiple shows a day and like stuff where I was like, I'm already, I couldn't even. After an hour and 20 minutes, I'm just like, yo, wait a minute. My body's, that's when things start to shut down. My body's like, hey, man, what are you doing to us? This is a long time. 
Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. They, the people that can perform like that, I, my hat goes off to them like three hours and, you know, multiple sets and or, uh, multiple sets a day. Like, whew, nope. That's a completely different level. That's a whole different level. Yeah. And uh, it just involves, I mean, that's your whole life. And a lot of people don't last that long. Um, so yeah, in the, in those type of things, they'll do it for like a year or two and then they, then they're done. That's like all they have. Like, oh, yeah. Probably because it's so brutal. To, uh, so grueling. Yes. Yeah, so, whereas like you guys in metal, you know, you're going to be able to go for like 20, 25 years, you know, you've been able to do it for a long time like that. Um, yeah. I do know some people that I've coached that when they get like the festival headliner, they're like, we're doing an hour. We're not doing the hour 30 minutes. Like, yeah, you know, because it's too hard. If yeah. you're doing harsh vocals at all, it's too hard, I think. Yeah, it depends on the I'll see. I, here's the thing. It depends on the festival. If we got that, we had an opportunity to say, OK, you got if we were headlining a festival and they say you could play an hour or hour and 20. I, me, I'm going to push for the hour and 20 because I, wow. I, I I'm gonna push for the hour twenty. Most of the dudes in the band are gonna push for the for the hour twenty, just because we just we really enjoy to perform. And sometimes it gets us into trouble because it's like you bit off more than you can chew, and everyone's really tired. And now you have to actually get through it. But from the get go, we're all usually gung ho about it. If you give us the opportunity to play, we're gonna play. This is probably a big reason that you can attribute to the success and the longevity because volumes has been around and survived a lot of lineup changes a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and it's just listening to you talk right here. I'm like, that's, that's why I'm like, these guys have the attitude of like, give us a challenge. We'll rise to it. Let us have the opportunity. We'll play. You know, I think that is huge, even as far along as you guys are in your career, because you could be like, nah, we don't have to, you could have that attitude, you know, but I think that's an attitude that is to me, a huge reason of why you're successful as a band. Thank you. Yeah, I think that we're us being like-minded like that. This is we just want to play. It's like, what else? This is our job. This is what we love to do. Like, you know, we get to create music and travel the world and you know connect with people and make relationships and memories. Like when you think about it like that, it, it kind of just makes it puts it into perspective because we could be we could be not doing this and doing something else and not feeling as nearly fulfilled. So it kind of just drives you to want to do more and just be better and continue to bring it. That's why you will though. Cause you have that attitude. I always say like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So like you could be the most yeah. intrinsically talented person, but if you, even really far along in your career, if you like start kicking your heels up and are like, ah, not, we don't have to work anymore or whatever, the guy who's willing to work hard is going to go past you. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, actually, I was just having a conversation with someone about that same thing, and they were just like, you know, if you just gave thirty percent more, you you know, you you would be at, at a better place. And it's just like that's not even a lot. It's just like I got that in me. Let's do it. Like have that kind of a mindset from now on. It carries over. And just like you said, it definitely helps us to succeed. Yeah. And also, I think people probably enjoy working with you. A lot of people don't realize, you know, in the sea of bands nowadays, uh, nobody's going to, people don't want to take you on tour. Again, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Yeah. But if you are hardworking, if you're like overly egotistical, if you're a bunch of jerks, like it's people aren't going to invite you to the tours and festivals. We definitely have learned that. We've, you know, from being around so long we, and coming from when the band was younger, made a lot of mistakes so that we've had, that we've had to 
to answer for. So, you know, there were times when no one wanted to, to go on tour with volumes because mm. we were so problematic. And it really took us having to check ourselves and being like, okay, what are we got? I'm getting serious about actually just being in a band. You want to be in a band or do you want to be in a circus? And like, it's like, well, we want to be in a band. So, well, if you, if you want to be in a band, you have to be taken seriously because like, you know, if you're, if you're horrible to be around, no one's going to want to be around you. Like that's, that's fact. So was, we just, you know, I had to tighten it up. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's hundreds of bands now. Yeah, you can't think they're just special because you had one hit. You know, you could be taken from you immediately. Then what? Then what are you going to do? You know, so it's always it's good to be mindful of that. Yeah, there's more to it. What do you think are some of like the most fatal flaws or or like fatal errors that like a young new band can make when they're starting out? Just partying too hard for sure, man. Like not having a handle on it. Of course, it's fun. Of course, you're experiencing new things. But especially if you're a younger band, this is probably going to be your first couple times being in a small space together and being diff- bringing those different kind of uh, personalities into a small space for an extended amount of time. If you if it's a toxic environment, it starts to wear on you, and then that carries over into your show because you're not playing well. The band members aren't communicating well. Uh, you know, we haven't talked to each other in three days and you're playing the same band, riding the van together. And it's just that kind of tension that carries over. And then the fans notice it and it just trickles down. So, you know, I, I'm not going to tell, sit there and say that we don't, but it's definitely something to be mindful of. And just got to remember what you're, what, why you're there. It's since you're, you're, you're there, this is a job and you really want to do well. Just keep, stay focused on that. Everything else will fall in line. And you, you know, that's the, to me, I think that would be, my biggest advice. I think anything can go overboard, right? So it's like, yeah. I like that I don't have a substance abuse problem because then I can enjoy a glass of wine or a beer or whatever, and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, I'm very fortunate that that's me, but like, that's not the case with everybody. Like, not everybody is like that. And some people do need to be a lot more mindful and can really like, because like tour puts you in certain environments and access to certain things. And yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's why I get such a rap from just being a party even though it is so much work and so intense it is super intense but it's at the end of the day you're just rocking out and you have so much downtime so much free time so you have access to all of this other, access to the time and whatever you want because it's just where you are uh it's very easy to, to slip into that yeah i want to divert and ask you another question another thing that i see singers that i specifically ask singers about is um we kind right now uh America's Got Talent is going on. That's on TV right now. And I can't stand personally. I hate watching like those type of show idol shows, like when it comes to singers. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah. you have it. And you know, Dave Grohl said something where he's like, if kids leave that like that's how you get in music they're never going to just jam and be flawed and and be in a garage together i mean how do you think i think that's like more and more prevalent in um i saw like they had a harsh vocalist like a nine-year-old growler on america's got talent i saw that uh actually just the other day i was pretty awesome to see i actually auditioned for the voice and i had kind of yeah, this was like right when I came out to California. When was that? What year was that? 2014, I think. 2013, okay. 2014. Um, I had a, I was working, this is when I was working on my my solo project. Uh, my manage, manager at the time, he had another person who had actually went on and did something in The Voice. And they just, they put it in my ear a bunch. I really didn't want to do it. But I was like, fuck it, man, I'll do it. I'll go and try out. And I was just, I wasn't, A, I wasn't in a good place mentally. 
And then, so I didn't make it very far. Like you're saying that they both said, like, this is bullshit. Like, I know I can sing and I don't need some judge to sit there and tell me, oh, that's, oh, you know, that's, oh yeah, you got the, you've got the talent. You should move on to the next stage of your life. Like it's kind of unrealistic for sure. So uh, it was a good experience because I, I had to work really hard, especially on the, cause you could only, you could only do uh, like a, a list of songs for the first few levels or whatever. So I had to learn, it was, I did a Beyonce song or Destiny's Child. So that was uh, automatically, I'm, I'm put in a position where I don't necessarily know, I could never compare to her, like a singer, like, and it's written that's written in her way so i was just it was just a mess it was it was a super mess so but i did learn that you know it, that's not the, the route that you want to go i mean you can do it i have you know that's the, if that's what you want go for it it's a lot of fun but the experience wasn't like it wasn't something that i needed for sure and so yeah yeah obviously not you're doing great with volumes like yeah <laughs> yeah so it worked out i mean i i feel you very much on that because before i aged out i i did the american idol one i tried to do that one but i was like yeah. a rock and metal singer and you could tell too like when you're auditioning they have like a certain idea of the people they want on that season already yeah i can't imagine asking a male vocalist no matter how good they are to do destiny's child either like it was really weird man it was really and we like we had to like do it was like in a different key too it was just it was awkward it was it was really awkward they because they give you like three songs and i did that and some other like pop that band the heavy i think that's the song i did yeah some one of some song by them and it just was like at that, at that time i was i wasn't even it privy to that kind of like music like performing that in that in that style so it was just i don't know it wasn't good <laughs> it wasn't good at all i feel like a lot of the people that actually win those shows i never hear from them again whether it's the voice idol america's got talent like some people like a couple of people will like get there but like yeah, sneak through yeah but i feel like you you see a lot of these winners you never hear from them again so i, I feel like not only is it like a facade in the way that like that's not really how real is particularly especially like rock and metal music career is established you know yeah you don't put any time in so it's like the reason why they fade away is because probably i feel like they don't know what they're doing and it's like like it takes you learn how to keep your career going by eating shit and doing it for a long time and you know, making the mistakes. If you're just giving a whole bunch of money and one single, and then it's, it's kind of just like a flash in the pan. It's like, well, what do you do next? You don't even know what to do. And you trust bad managers who think they have it for you. And then like you're putting out music that it's just not good. And then you're, you're starting from the beginner, but you have all this capital or, or access, you know, wherewithal. And it just kind of eats you up. Yeah, it's totally not how anybody in like our genre would probably make it yeah. anywhere, you know? We don't really have an idol for metal. <laughs> I feel like I see yeah. metal people auditioning in other countries. Like I've seen a lot of like metal idols on other, t like in Europe and stuff like that. We're not ready yet. We're not ready for that yet. I feel like overseas is way more, way more into the metal, way more, just they're way, way more accepting of, of that. So what's your favorite country that you've played in so far where you just loved the audience? Germany, uh, anywhere in Europe has been sick. Um, I'm very excited to see how Australia, it's going to be for us. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Colombia. Colombia was my most hands down the sickest experience. We just went there a few weeks ago and it was awesome. So, yeah. Oh, sick. That's cool. And so Australia, you guys have not been there before. Well, I haven't been with the band with volumes. Volumes has been before. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So this will be this will be my first time with with the band. So in Colombia, was that for, that was for a big festival? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played a tattoo festival. It was sick. Yeah, we it was like a it was just a one show day. We flew in on a Friday night. We played Saturday. We hung out on Sunday and then left that night. And it was it was super cool. Everyone was so welcoming, and it was just a very warm and loving experience. It was so so much fun. That is so cool. That is awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. So you guys have a new single coming out on the 28th, I think. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Is there going to be a video with that? What can we kind of expect looking forward into your new releases? I don't know if I could say that, but it's going to be cool. Something that we haven't really ever done before. It's going to be very cool. That's cool. I, I just, just hearing something that you haven't done before. It's like, ooh, because you guys have done a lot of really creative stuff. So that's going to be neat to see. I'm really stoked. I'm very excited for it. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. I think it'll be it'll be a nod to the old fans for sure oh they're gonna like that i like it so much this is great (laughs) when are you guys gonna tour uh you said so we talked about rock fest and incarceration right yeah but do you have any u.s tours or you're just completely focusing on overseas for right now i don't know if we have anything for sure for like October through December, we're working on some ideas. Uh, I know if if not, if that doesn't pan out or what we're going to do, then we definitely will be out at the beginning of 2023. And uh, we'll be, probably have some more new music by then. For sure, we'll have new music. We're kind of kind of already started the ideas on working on a new album. So, uh, you know, we'll be probably coming out with some more singles for sure within the next few months. So if we're not touring, it's because we're recording. It's kind of where we're at right now. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm really stoked for you guys. It sounds like it's going to be a where where in South Asia were the shows going to be outside of Australia? Oof, we hit a whole bunch of places like Thailand, Bali, Bali. Yeah, I, I know. I've never been. This is it's going to be super sick. I don't think that any of us have been that way in the band so it'll be a first time for everyone yeah i can't wait to hear about how those go well you're an awesome vocalist you're really diverse vocalist harsh vocals really beautiful clean really talented individual thank you so much for coming on thank you so much i really appreciate it yeah we really appreciate it uh thank you so much where can people follow you if they want to follow you personally and check out more of what you do your instagram and you can follow me at mike terrible m-y-k-e-t-e R-R-Y-B-L-E and Real Mike Terry on Twitter. That's pretty much where I, I hang out at. So you can find me there. That's cool. That's awesome. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you. That wraps up this episode of the Voice Hacks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. 